Have you ever been distracted? Perhaps like just now on stage when I don't know what just happened. Distraction, okay? Have you ever been so distracted in your life that possibly you made a dumb decision because you were distracted and maybe there was an accident or something that, that, caught, that was caused from your distraction, okay? Well, I was recently a victim of distraction. It was exactly almost two months ago, February 27th to be exact, and I was having a great, it was a Wednesday morning, I was having a great little morning by myself at home, I cleaned my house, I felt so good, it was like so productive, I was running some errands, and it was Pastor Brittany's birthday, and so I was like, I'm going to be an awesome friend, and I'm going to go through the Starbucks drive through I'm going to get her favorite drink, I'm a little early to work, so I'm going to have it sitting on her desk with her chocolates and surprise her, because, you know, I want to be an awesome friend to Pastor Brittany, and so I go through Starbucks, and I'm sitting at the light on 24 and G Road on my way to church, so I'm going north on the way to church, and um, I'm just, you know, having a great morning, just, you know, singing along to Caleb or something in my car, probably not Caleb, but I was singing along to something, and I'm just sitting at the stoplight. It's pretty backed up. Traffic is kind of crazy around lunchtime there, so I'm just, you know, minding my own business at the stoplight. When I um, look in my rearview mirror to see a white SUV flying into the back of my vehicle, okay? So much so, I don't even know what happened. I think I, I like, I don't know what happened for a few minutes. So she hit me so hard that I hit the cart in front of me, okay? That's how fast she was going that it just, it bumped me so far in front. I, I messed up the, it completely totaled my car, okay? I'm talking, she was plowing into the back of my vehicle and I had no time to react. It was just enough time to see her coming and that, and that was it. So, um... I'm still unclear exactly what was happening in her vehicle at the time that she was plowing into me, okay? So I have a few hypotheses, hypothesi, whatever it is. I have a few theories, okay, about what was maybe happening in this lady's vehicle. Um, so she, she gets out and I rolled down my window and I'm like, I'm telling her, she, she walks up to the window and I'm like, it's, I'm okay, I'm okay. I'm trying to catch my breath because I'm a, a little bit in shock and maybe hyperventilating a little bit. It's okay, I'm okay. Okay, and, and, and she looks at me and she goes, this is my first accident? Uh, okay, I'm okay. You, uh, I, my neck's hurting a little in my head, but I'm okay. I'm glad it's your first accident. I don't, it was such a weird response. So um, I'm still, she doesn't tell me like, I'm so sorry or like any, it was so weird. So I'm like, okay. So I, you know, I'm hyperventilating a little bit, let's just be honest. And um. So then I'm like thinking like, what, what could possibly happen? I still am unclear. So she, um, you know, I have a few theories. She says, I, I'm thinking in my head, maybe this lady, um, maybe she saw a squirrel. Maybe squirrels are her favorite animal and it was like eating a nut and she was like, oh, how and stopped looking at the road that she was driving on to see that there was a ton of traffic and she should stop. She was so distracted. Um, perhaps she was like having a dance party and she was like really getting into like her song and she like forgot and closed her eyes and just plowed into the back of me. I don't know. Perhaps she was praying. Maybe she was like in this deep spiritual moment with God and she again forgot she was driving and she closed her eyes and then proceeded to plow into the back of me. I don't know, like, we could give her the benefit of the doubt. Maybe, I don't know, maybe, I know none of you guys do this, but maybe she was on her phone. I don't know, I don't know if she was texting and driving. I don't know if she was scrolling through social media, again, forgetting that she was driving and she should pay attention. I don't know, perhaps it was the fact that she was test driving. 
this vehicle. And she was so distracted by the fancy things on the dashboard that she wasn't paying attention to where she was going and what she was doing, so she plowed into the back. I don't know, perhaps those are some of my theories that this, why this lady plowed into the back of me. And perhaps many of us could be guilty of being distracted every once in a while. Hopefully you're not so distracted you plow into the back of somebody's vehicle. Hopefully you don't get in a car accident because you're that distracted. But I think we live in a society, we live in a generation where like it is so easy to be distracted. Like we have our cell phones and it's like at the touch of a fingertip, like we can be entertained. We have Netflix, we have video games, we have all kinds of things that we can be distracted with constantly. We're all so busy, right? And it's like, if, if we're not busy doing something, we're trying to catch up on the things that we missed out on because we were busy doing something else and so now we're trying to catch up. And it's like, we're so distracted in this world, but, the Bible has something to say about distraction. Jesus actually has something to say about distraction. And so I wanna look at this story in the Bible and unfortunately um, I can relate way too closely to this story, okay? I'm not proud of it. I, this, I'm not you know, bragging that I can relate to this Bible story, but it's just true, okay? And it's the story of Mary and Martha. And so it's found in Luke 10. And we're gonna pick up in verse 38. It says, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their journey, they came to a village where a woman welcomed Jesus into her home. Her name was Martha, and she had a sister named Mary. Already I relate because I'm assuming Martha's the older sister because I just am. And um, I'm the oldest sister and I have a younger sister. So I'm like, yes, Martha, I'm with you, girl, okay? So, so Mary sat down attentively before the master, absorbing every revelation he shared but Martha became exasperated by finishing the numerous household chores in preparation for her guest. So she interrupted Jesus. Martha, come on, right? She interrupted Jesus and said, Lord, don't you think it's unfair that my sister left me to do all the work by myself? You should tell her to get up and help me. Okay, well, first of all, I'm a little embarrassed. I'm not quite sure how old she is at this point, but she's throwing a little bit of a temper tantrum to Jesus. So I'm kind of embarrassed for her. And at the same time, I totally relate. Like, why is her sister not helping her when she has all of these guests at her, at her house? And so I just wanna pause. Is there anyone, by show of hands, in this room that is a detail person? Anyone, does anyone like details? Is anyone into, you like recognize things and like you wanna know the who, the what, the when, the where, the how. You, you are a detail person. Yes, me too. You guys are my people. I like the details, okay? Like um, recently, someone I know got engaged and like I want to know every detail. Like how, what, how was your breathing? Like what, what, tell me everything you were feeling and every word he said and like what was it like? Like I want to know every detail. Or if I'm planning a party or an event, like I want want to know every single detail exactly when it's going to happen and I want you know my list is going to be like five pages long like I want the details okay and sometimes this can be exasperating like I get it like Martha's a little exasperated by trying to you know plan out all these details and again I relate to Martha because I was taught growing up um, that when you invite company over you have a clean house that's just how I was raised. I was raised in the South. And so when we had company, sometimes it would be like a last minute thing and my mom would be like throwing things under the bed, shoving things in the closet. But we wanted to make sure that the main part of our house was like tip top shape, right? Okay, so imagine with me, 
you welcome Jesus and his 12 disciples into your home, okay? That already makes me a little sweaty. That's a little bit nerve-wracking that, that she's welcoming Jesus into her home. So if this was me, I'd be like, Curtis, Ava, now that you guys get in the bathroom, you get in the you know, windows, the floors, we're scrubbing things with toothbrushes. Like we're, our house is gonna be so clean, we could eat off the toilet seat. Like we are talking like my house is gonna be tip-top shape. I'm gonna make like best peanut butter and jelly you've ever had in your whole life because that's my extent of cooking sometimes and I can make a mean peanut butter and jelly. Um, but I would be like making sure my dishes were like shining. There's like no smudges anywhere. I'd be making sure my house was in tip top shape. So Martha, I get it. Like I'm on the same page as Martha. Like I'm totally tracking with her, okay? But then the Lord goes on to say something very interesting in verse 31. The Lord answered her, Martha, my beloved Martha. And I just imagine him just being like, Sweetie, calm down. It's, it's all going to be okay. Like, my beloved dear, like, shh, calm, calm your temper tantrum here, right? Why are you upset and troubled, pulled away by all these many distractions? Are they really that important? And I want to be like, Jesus, yes, of course they are. Like, of course these details are important. These are, like, I'm trying to make a meal for you. I'm trying to make sure my house is in order. Yes, these details are so important. Don't you see? Like, I, I would totally be like Martha, okay? But then as I kept reading this, it, it really made me start to actually listen to the question he's asking. Are they really that important? Jesus in your home or food? Who's important? Jesus or food though, right? Okay, so, so Jesus is in your home. And so I've really been wrestling with, with this question that he posed to Mary. And I feel like he so gently, as I was reading the story, asked me the same question. And tonight, I wanna ask you the same question. Why are you upset and troubled, pulled away by all these many distractions? Are they really that important? So tonight, I wanna to talk about four big distractions that can take our focus off of our purpose because the enemy wants to use distraction to take our focus off of our purpose because he knows there's power in our purpose and we all have purpose. And so when we can recognize that God has given us purpose in this life, we can know that purpose will diminish these distractions in our life. So the first distraction I wanna talk about is this word, and I just, I, I don't even want to say it, it like is a pet peeve of mine, but it is just our society, right? What do people say when you say, hey, how's it going? Every time, busy. Man, I am so busy, I just can't even think straight. Like that is, that is everyone's answer. And it, I, for some reason, it just drives me crazy. It's like, yes, we're all busy, but like, how are you really? Like, I don't, yes, everyone's schedule is crazy and it's packed, but here's the truth. We all decide how we spend our time. We all decide all of those schedules, those things that we're filling our times with. That's, that's our choice. Nobody else put all these things on our plate. We choose how we spend our time. And to be honest, we make time for what's important to us. So, so it's just kind of like, yes, people are busy, but also are we making time for the most important thing? But I get it, there's things we have to do. We have to go to school. Like that is your job right now, you have to go to school. Some of you have to go to work, you have to pay for gas to get yourself to school. Like I get it, there are things we have to do. But I think the Lord really wants us to, wants to remind us tonight of this verse in Colossians 3.23 that says, work willingly 
what, at whatever you do as though you're working for the Lord rather than for people. And so I think when we can set our mind this way, that whatever we're doing, when we're going to school, when we're going to work, when we're doing these things that we have to do when we're so busy, but when we do them as though we're doing them for the Lord, it gives us a sense of purpose instead of that like feeling of distraction. Right? It gives us meaning behind what we're doing when there's things we have to do, our schedule is packed, but when we do them as though we're working for the Lord, it gives us a sense of purpose. The second distraction that many of us face, and this one's a little bit more serious um, than busyness, but a, a distraction that the enemy uses so often in our life is worry. And, and we live in a culture and a society and a generation where fear and worry and anxiety is so prevalent. Like it's so heavy to so many people. And to be honest, this is not how God intended his children to live. Worry is not from God, it's a distraction. And so I don't think the Lord wants his kids to live this way. So God has so much to say in the Bible about worry, but just a few verses I wanna point out tonight. It says in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, don't worry about anything, anything, but instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. It says in 1 Peter 5, 7, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares for you. Y'all, God cares intimately about your worries, about your fears, about your anxiety. Those, those are so important to God. He knows that. And so I, I think it's so interesting, um, going back to Martha for a second, um, she's into all these details, but you know what? I think in this way, she's a lot like God because God is a God of detail. If you look at the human body, God is so, like he intricately fashioned us together in ways like, why are my fingers moving right now? I don't know. God made us so intricately detailed that I can do this and I don't really know how my brain is sending things to my fingers to make me do this, right? Okay, so God is a God of detail and he's so concerned about your worry and your care and your anxiety that he wants you to give it to him, cast them on him because he cares for you. And there's this beautiful exchange that happens in this verse that he says, when we give him our worry, instead he gives us his peace. When we cast those things on him, instead he gives us peace. And so he wants to make this exchange with us. And when it comes to worry, the third distraction is this one that I, I don't just like struggle with this, but like I battle this. Okay. And, and this is the, the, Ugh, it's so frustrating, but it's this distraction of comparison, okay? And, and Pastor Will and I have done an entire message on comparison and because it's such a real thing. And, and the truth is what happens when we're comparing each other to one another. Number one, it's just a distraction, but number two, it kills that purpose. It kills our dreams. It kills um, those, our confidence, all of those things that Jesus has for us. It kills them when we're comparing ourselves to one another instead of really letting God speak to who he says that we we are. And so it's hard when you look around you and you start doing this, right? You, you're like, okay, so-and-so knows where they're going to college and 
not only do they know where they're going to college, when they get to college, they know what they're gonna study when they get there. That's amazing, right? What a gift. Or like some of you are, are on the starting team and some of you are not. And so we begin comparing yourself. Some of you have like straight A's. Some of you are like, I'm kind of passing like enough to like pass the grade, right? Okay, and so we start comparing ourselves to one another. And I think when we do that, when we start comparing and thinking we should be further ahead than we do, then we are losing our sense of self-worth. We're losing like that value that God has placed in us already. And this is such a scheme of the enemy, but when we can recognize comparison for what it is, which is a complete waste of time, we can overcome this distraction. I love this verse. It paints such a beautiful picture in my mind. It says in Proverbs 4:25, set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose, looking straight ahead, ignore life's distractions. Right, so, so when we're focused on our purpose, when we have our eyes set on Jesus, when we have our eyes set on the goal of being with him, those distractions can kind of begin to fade away. But when we start to look from side to side, our gaze isn't straightforward anymore. It's focused on these things over here. But when we can ignore the distraction of comparison, we can really start to see what God says about us. We can really start to see that God says you're already worthy. You're already loved. You already have purpose. These things are in you. The Bible says in Psalm 139, 17, how precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. God knows the words that are gonna come out of your mouth before you speak them. God knows when you sit and when you rise, when you come and when you go, God knows it. He knows you. He sees you. And he says that you're worthy. And he says he knit you together in your mother's womb. Like he cares about you. And he's not trying to have us compare to one another. He's saying, fix your eyes on me. So I want to come back to the story of Mary and Martha about this fourth distraction that I want to talk about. And it's, it's so interesting to me. And this is Something that like the Lord has just really been working on my heart um, is, is, okay, Martha's busy, um, distracted with busyness. She's distracted with worry. She's distracted with comparing herself to her sister who's doing nothing like her. She's doing the complete opposite thing, okay? So she's got all these distractions. But I think the last thing she's distracted with is doing good. What Martha was doing by inviting Jesus and welcoming the disciples into her home is incredible. That is so kind. That is so generous. You don't just invite anyone into your home, much less like 13 big men that you're trying to feed, right? That like, to me, I'm just like, wow, Martha is so hospitable. That's, that's such a good deed of her. That's so kind of her. But it's so interesting what Jesus says to her. Okay, so Jesus and his disciples are, are in. She's busy, exasperated, doing all these things. And, and Jesus is like, Martha, calm down. What's going on? Why are these things troubling you? Are they really that important? And then he goes on to say in verse 42, Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted and I won't take this privilege from her. What? I think Jesus is showing us that even in doing good, we can miss the most important thing. 
and this is a hard concept because we're, we're taught our whole life, we're, we're, you know, growing up in church especially, you're taught you do right, you make the right choices, like you, you stay on the straight and narrow, like you do, you try and make all of these right choices. And, and yes, I think that's important to the heart of God, but he, he gives us those instructions and, and tells us the right things to do to protect us. But I think so often we can do things for God, but not with God. We can get so distracted in doing good for Him that we forget to be with Him in doing those things. But when we do things for God instead of with God, they're just distractions. Because Jesus wants relationship, He doesn't want servants. God didn't create us to just go and do these things for us. He didn't create puppets. He created us for relationship with Him. And so often, we can come to 4640 and that's awesome. And, and you can go to big church and you can even serve in the nursery with the crazy two-year-olds, right? You can do these amazing things, but when you're not doing them with God, they become distractions. And, and I know this might be kind of hard to grasp, but I really want this to like sink into your mind that often when we do good things, we, we forget to bring God into those things. God created us for relationship to do life with Him, and that is our purpose. 1 Thessalonians 2.4 says, our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of our heart, so He knows what's going on in our heart. He knows why we're doing things and how we're doing things. And He says again in 2 Corinthians 5.9, so whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please God. Him. And we please God by having a relationship with Him. We please God by bringing Him into every aspect of our life. We please Him when we talk to Him, when we worship Him, when we do good things, but we have to include Him in those things that we're doing. I think the best part of this is in uh, Philippians 2.13. He says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. So He's not saying, do this on your own. He's saying, I'm gonna give you that power to fulfill your purpose when you do relationship with me. So every day we can wake up saying, I have purpose, I have meaning, I have direction, and that is my relationship with my God. I have purpose when I go to school and I'm encouraging other people and I'm loving other people and I'm praying for my teachers and I'm praying for my friends. I have purpose in that. So the distractions of busyness worry and comparison and the distractions of even good things can begin to fade away when we start to focus on our purpose of pleasing Him. That's how those things fade away. When we're really focused on Him. And I just, I think it's so interesting what He says, and I just want to read this one more time. Mary has discovered the one most important thing by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted. I think we get a really good picture of what Jesus wants from us. He wants undistracted time with us. And yes, that's not like 24 seven. We can't always just be sitting in our room praying to God, but we can bring him into those things. But I also think he does ask for sometimes for us to come undistracted into his presence. So tonight, I just, I wanna ask you guys a favor. I know I need this. I know I need some undistracted time with my Savior. I 
know I need some time for God to speak to some things that are happening in my life that feel kind of hard right now. I need some undistracted time with Jesus. And I just want to invite you guys to do that with me. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening at 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.